0: Jewel Radio presents What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news
1: you can use.
2: Good evening, everyone. I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler and you're listening to What She Said. Tonight's show is brought to you by Roar Publishing Concept to content. So happy you could join us. Now, if you've ever bought a house or any real estate for that matter, you know what a pain it is running the contract back and forth between the agent or agents and then the lawyers. We're going to talk to two women about an integrated brokerage that offers everything under one roof and one commission. Love these new time-saving conveniences, Kate, don't you? Absolutely.
3: And we sure do love our film festivals. We're going to be chatting with the founder of Toronto's Female Eye Film Festival. That's directed by women. But you know, Christine, I went to see uh, Cavalia Odisseo last Mm -hmm. night, and I really, really loved it. And they have given um, us a promo, 15% off tickets. If you go to their website, Cavalia.com... And just put in social, you'll get 15% off. And, and if you love horses, you love acrobats, you love dance, um, I highly recommend it.
2: And if you love movies, our movie Maven Ann Brody always previews what's new. And this weekend, she's going to be chatting about Spider-Man. Or rather, Brittany may be chatting about Spider-Man because she's got a deputy now. <laughs> the Homecoming, 13 Minutes and The Journey, among others. Well, it is summer.
3: Many of us are planning some vacation time. Lena Almeida is going to give us some great tips
2: for a family week in California.
3: She's going to tell you where to go
2: and what to see. It has been a year now, a little over a year, since changes were made to auto insurance. I sure sure remember the big Mm. hoo-ha-ha about that. Specifically, the coverage and the cost. Are we better off a year later? Macleish Orlando's Allison Burrison takes a look, and I think not so much. Yeah,
3: it doesn't sound that way. I know. Gee, have your rates gone down? Because mine haven't. No. Yeah, that that was
2: part of what was meant to happen. Well, my right? rates have actually gone up because I had to buy the coverage that I lost.
3: Ah, you were smart. You you opted the coverage. Yes, the I did. That's yeah. I haven't done that yet. Well, we'll talk to Allison about that. As you will. Be coming up a little later. Now Toronto's Harbourfront Centre is celebrating Canada's cultural heritage this summer with Sounds of Home. Chief Programming Officer Iris Namani and Stephen Tates will tell us what to expect from concerts, comedy shows, family activities, culinary
2: events and late night after parties. And don't forget, we're also giving away two copies of True Family Wealth by Chris Clark. And you can find that on our contest page as well as 25% off Boomer Nutrition's Energy Protein Powder. So
4: don't
3: go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break to talk about a special brokerage, Real Law
2: State. This is what she said. Stay with us. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KernsAndCo.com.
4: Just know are not alone Because I'm going to make this place your home
2: Welcome back to What She Said. Now, women are taking the entrepreneurial world by storm and joining us tonight, broker Heather Rovet and lawyer Vivian Lee, and together they're a team at Real Law State a Toronto-based realty brokerage that offers real estate and legal services under just one roof. Welcome, ladies, to what she said.
5: Thank you. This is
2: such an amazing idea. Uh, Tell us how this is really redefining the real estate experience for people.
5: Well, because we're all under one roof, the lawyers and the real estate brokers and salespeople, we have one commission that will cover the full spectrum of services, our whole goal is to make the real estate experience less stressful, white glove service, all-encompassing, because a lot of people, as you know, probably you're both homeowners, haven't always had the best experience, and it can be very emotional. It can be very stressful, and there's a lot of things they don't necessarily want to ask.
2: Well, the other thing, too, is then you're, you're sometimes, especially in our hyped-up market, in a hot market, um, you're making an offer, and then you've got to send it to a lawyer, and then you've got to wait for that. And it's the back and forth between parties that, that is stressful, I think, for clients.
5: Absolutely. Um, in that kind of situation where you might be going in and buying I don't know, a $1.5 million house, and you don't know who you're competing against, and you know, when you're waiving all your conditions like financing, a home inspection, we've already got our lawyers on board from day one who are talking the client through what the worst-case scenario may be to prepare them so if it works out and they get the home with waiving all the conditions, they've done it peacefully, soundly, like all in unison.
3: Yeah. I've got to say say that I thought um – real estate agents were going to go the way of the dodo when we saw the rise of the internet. You know, I really thought it's like, well, why do we need agents anymore? But it is to take you through those things, um, isn't
5: it? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And there's so much to my job that the client doesn't see or the lawyers does, doesn't see that, again, it just, it's to make the whole experience pleasant. Because when mm-hmm. you're buying a home or a condo or selling a home or a condo, it's a big deal. You know, even if it's an investment property, it's 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 no small purchase and it's there's emotions that come up. There's, you know, we try to prepare everybody for it, the best outcome, but sometimes not, I, I hate to use the saying worst case scenario, but they're prepared for anything that might hit them because we're so fortunate to have the Vivians on our team from day one.
2: Well, I love the idea mm-hmm. because I think uh, when you're buying or selling real estate, it's an adversarial scenario. But at least to know that your lawyer and your agent are on the same team. Absolutely. Because there have been situations where a lawyer will say no to something the agent's suggesting. And then you've got that thing going on. And you're already dealing with um, somebody who's selling, let's say, or or somebody who's buying.
5: Absolutely. I I was telling Vivian, um, I was working with one of the other lawyers at the office. I had a listing that was closing last week. And the day before the close, the buyer went for another home visit. Then the buyer's agent called me with you know, some issues that they had come up. So instead of calling my client and saying, you know, this might come up, right away I called the lawyer. And it's at no extra cost to the client. I have a relationship with them. I
3: mean, it's, we have our lawyers on speed dial.
5: Who doesn't want a lawyer? <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> so Vivian, tell us about, you know, from your perspective, what are the synergies like?
6: Well, especially for a lot of young couples today who are not necessarily married and choosing to buy property together – A lot of people don't think about having things such as a cohabitation agreement before they buy property, but that's very important. And the value add of real estate is that we could prepare such an agreement for couples on the spot included in the commission. And then normally that would be an expense that couples don't think about even incurring, but everybody has to Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And upon the breakdown of relationships, property division is the number one issue. Mm
2: -hmm. I've also heard stories about uh, millennial parents who want to contribute to a down payment, um, but they want to be, they'll be on the deed, but with rights of survivorship or something. And that's something, again, that you could handle.
6: That's a very complicating factor. Who's on title? Is it joint title? Is it tenants in common? Who gets it when you guys break up? Who or has the who right die, to stay there? Or if somebody there? dies. Of course, then you have to consider wills. Yep, that's a whole
5: other thing. I mean, I, we've had a couple of things come up too where we had um, a widow called the brokerage. Her husband had passed away and he was still on the title. How did she get him off the title? Well, I, I don't know. That's for the lawyers.
2: What are some of the most common mistakes that you see home buyers making?
5: Rushing. Buying on impulse and emotion, as opposed to, you know, a, a, that happened a lot this past winter when it was this frenzy because people were saying there's not enough inventory and prices were going and people were feeling feeling very compelled pressured. or pre- pressured. Perfect word, pressured to buy a house. Um, other mistakes, you know, they might think they might put first and foremost the money, you know, their budget is such and and they. They compromise on certain other things because they don't think that – they're not necessarily thinking long-term. They're thinking, oh, I can only spend this amount, and so, okay, it only has one bathroom. But if two bathrooms are really important to you, that has to stay first and foremost.
3: So realist, Real Law State real was law founded state. by Graham Alloway, right? He was yes. a lawyer. Um, in practice. he went back to school and got his realtors' and brokers' yep. license, but his, you're leading up the team of mostly female realtors yes. at, at the firm. So do you think women have a unique perspective when it comes to working in real estate? I do. Um, I mean, I can only speak as a woman. I, I
5: think a lot of women have gotten into it because it gives you flexibility. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have typical nine to five hours. So, you know, if you have young kids, you can still be a mom and you can you can certainly work. Um, or for people who just are complete workaholics like myself, you work all the time, evenings, weekends, um, and I think women. We're, I, I find all the women I'm working with. We're all we're, we're, each one of us is really different, but we're all we have a sensitive edge to us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're compassionate. It's like simpatico. We just we we listen, we absorb, and we work hard for our clients.
2: But in addition, I think women are the ones who who usually have the final say on the house that's bought. Usually, usually, usually. And, <laughs> and a woman real estate agent knows what women are looking for. I mean, they know that, as you said, the husband says, "Oh, well, we don't need that second bathroom." She's knowing, "Oh, yeah, yes, we got we four do. kids. We do. Yes, uh, because I'm here all day when their friends come over. <laughs> so the you know, I think that helps, don't absolutely,
5: you? Absolutely, absolutely. Closet space always, is always another one. Oh, yes. You love that closet space. <laughs>
3: uh, Vivian, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, lately there have been some stories about uh, concerns about real estate agents, brokers who are like double ending the deal, both working on there. How how ca- does the legal aspect of having you in-house in in in-house, um help protect people against that kind of thing.
6: We could definitely make people aware of the fact of instances when they might need their own lawyer. So for example, for spouses buying together, whether married or not, it's a good idea for them to have independent legal advice before signing contracts in order to make it valid and in order for the court to uphold and respect that contract when they are looking to enforce it. So a lot of people don't know the instances of when they can be represented by the same lawyer or not and when they're at conflicts of interest.
5: And in multiple representation, because I recently went through this with the brokerage, um, where I had the listing and the buyer came, um, I was told "small town law" or "small town rules" apply. so we could only the law firm, our law firm, could only work with one of the two parties. So we had to. So two you're already out.
2: ahead of the curve. Exactly. Hmm. hmm. What is so very quickly? What is the climate um, in terms of real estate? What do you see going forward?
5: It's hard to say. Let me get my magic ball. No, just
2: kidding. <laughs> um,
6: it's,
5: you know, it's been a weird year. I, I've been doing this now for eight years, and I love talking to veterans who have been doing it for 20. Uh, you know, there's more inventory now. Sales have slowed down. Prices aren't really coming down. And I think people are waiting to see a shift in the market. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Like, if you want to buy, buy. It's, it's not just an investment. It's your home.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you're right, because I've heard people say that. I'm mm-hmm. going to wait. Maybe they'll come down. I don't think they'll come down. They're just not going to shoot up I don't think quickly. they're
3: going to come down in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't see it. I mean, they're not making it. I have people knocking on my door with signed offers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, really? It's like, yeah. I, I said, thank you. You're the third this month. But where would we move to? <laughs> That's a big question.
2: <laughs> I, I actually had a call from an agent this week who said to me, you know, whatever. And then she said, well, don't you think that... Um, it would be it's you've you've enjoyed Yorkville for thirteen years that it's your time to let somebody <laughs> else enjoy it. That's And I hilarious. thought that is that is it. Now that's not a good sales pitch. Like I <laughs> owe it to somebody to sell my condo, right? Anyway, <laughs> tell I people how they film. get in touch with you.
5: Um, www.reallawstate.com. It's spelled R-E-A-L-A-W-S-T-A-T-E. Is the best way. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook.
3: All right. Well, Heather and Vivian, thank you so much thank for joining you. us today. Thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us.
1: Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism.
7: Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss. With added B vitamins for energy and leucine, Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition.
3: What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35 plus. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to
0: WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Mm-hmm. Well,
4: remember when you're rich that you sold yourself for this. You'll be famous because you're dead. So don't go higher.
3: Well, always honest and not always pretty. Toronto's Female Eye Film Festival just wrapped up its 15th year presenting films directed by women that tackle subject matter not often found in mainstream cinema. Joining us today is filmmaker, festival founder and executive director, Leslie Ann Coles. Welcome to What She Said. Hey, thank you for having me. So 15 years, that's a big accomplishment. A
8: long time. (laughs) And I felt it this year, I'll tell you. So, what made you want to start it? Well, I was hitting the festival circuit with my independent 40 minute film in 2001, and I noted there weren't a lot of women at the International Independent Film Festival. So, it raised a question for me, and that was are there so few women directors, or are their films not getting programmed? So, we launched an event, myself and Norma Hoy in Toronto. We showed 42 films over the course of three days. And uh, if someone had told me then that this would have become an international woman director's film festival and I'd be doing this 15 years later, I would have laughed at them and said, I know nothing about that.
2: But yeah, you say this year you received a record number of narrative features from around the world
8: hmm That was really exciting. So we programmed more feature films mm-hmm. this year than in any other year of The Female Eye, which meant that the short uh, film programs in the documentary category suffered a bit of a hit, so we didn't program as many docs or as mm-hmm. many short films, but it was really exciting to see feature narrative films coming in, coming to us from all over the world.
2: What were some of the themes in the films presented this year, and were they different in any way from the past?
8: Well, I think, you know, I mean, I find that women in general, uh, directors tend to write their films, and often they feature a female protagonist. So with films directed by women, typically, you don't see, you know, a 21 year old woman on the arm of a 64 year old man, you see women is in in lead roles you see them in complex characters they're not kind of one-dimensional or stereotypical so we had a number of films we had one film that dealt with the um the burning times in finland um and so it was a period piece devil's bride by sarah Cantell, and it won best foreign feature film at the female eye this year it was stunning um quite a remarkable film we had Uh, a film um, from South Africa, Kreuzo, which dealt with the apartheid uh, situation from a dramatic perspective, and it was quite stunning. And women, again, were at the helm of that film, the female characters. We had films that dealt with sex trafficking, um, both in documentary as well as in narrative. Mm -hmm. And we opened with a Canadian film, Hunting Pignut, by Martine Blue out of Nova Scotia, which won Best Canadian Feature. And our protagonist was a, a young woman who had lost her father. And she didn't know him from the age of five, so she went on a quest. And his nickname was Pignut. So she went on a quest to f- in search of her father. And it was a great, it was a terrific film. So what was the biggest highlight
3: for you this year?
8: I think the biggest highlight for me was having so many feature films and having the directors come in. I mean, they did last year as well. But I mean, this year they came in from Hong Kong. They came in from Germany, um, from Australia, from across North America. So we had a great number of of filmmakers actually come out to the film festival, which is pretty incredible considering we can't really comp their flights Mm -hmm. um, as a not-for-profit organization. So
2: they're doing it on their own dime. Well, there was even a special screening of your film called Melody Makers, which was an award-winning documentary that captures the rise of music journalism in the early 1960s. Tell us about that.
8: Well, that film is a, was a long time coming. It took me about eight years to finish Melody Makers. Really? It, yeah, eight years? Yeah. So it, it, you know, it features a photographer who now lives in Toronto. His name is Barry Wenzel. And I met him in 1996, and he shot for a seminal magazine out of the UK called Melody Maker Magazine from 1965 until 1975. So he has like a quarter of a million iconic black and white images of every single artist who came up during the 60s and 70s from, from the Beatles right to, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck. Uh, the, the band, I mean everyone, and, and so it was really exciting to actually finish that documentary. I turned the camera on him in about 2008, and it was intended to be a, a limited doc series about music, and music photographers of different genres, and um, I just decided to finish it as a feature, as a feature documentary. So at this year's Cannes Film Festival, Jessica Chastain talked about
3: the the lack of quality female representation in Mm -hmm. films this year, saying it was quite disturbing, I believe was her quote. From your point of view, in your opinion, what changes do you think need to be and can be made in the industry?
8: I think that we need to see more money going to women directors. And there's been some big initiatives in Canada, and there's been a lot of people talking about this, and we hold a round table discussion every year, and we discuss the status of women filmmakers Mm -hmm. around the world. And what seems to be lacking is funding. So we still haven't broken through the glass ceiling. Women are still challenged Financially, so they're not giving the big, big budgets to women directors. Still, they're not. Women are still falling into kind of the low budget, you know, that kind of that kind of category for funding. So we're still challenged in that regard. That's not to say that women aren't making films. It's easier now with the advent of digital filmmaking, but that's certainly a challenge. Um, And we find that often the they'll shine the light. On a woman director like Catherine Bigelow, who won for *The Hurt Locker*, and then they'll quickly dim those lights. And this we've seen time and time again. Um, it's interesting as well, *Superwoman*, yeah, which is fantastic. And we have a woman director at the helm. You know that she hasn't been signed to another picture. I mean, if that was if that was a man and that was having that kind of box office success, right? You'd think yeah. he'd already be signed to at least two more
2: pictures. But when you look at some of the heavy hitters, Uh, women that are starting to sort of branch out like Reese Witherspoon doing that series and saying, no, I'm going to. And it was really sort of centered around women primarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that helps? I think it helps tremendously because I think,
8: you know, going back to my earlier statement, I think women like to see their reality projected on the screen. Women consume film, we watch television, but often we don't see ourselves reflected on the screen, and certainly young women don't. So, Gina Davis's Institute is all about that. The Gina Davis Institute brought to light the fact that something outrageous like 90% of women under the age of 19 either appear Scantily clad or, or they're the they're they're making a comment about a boy or responding to a boy within the context of film. So it's the way women are actually written in to to film and television that's that's also challenging. So yeah, brilliant. So where can people learn more about the film festival? Well, they can go to our website, Female Live Film Festival. Uh, dot com, um, and look at what we're doing, look at our mission and mandate, where we started, our history, our programs. We also do things outside of the festival, so I'm curating a lot of programs internationally. So f- The Flying Broom in Turkey, I curated a Canadian short film program for them. We just received a grant from the Status of Women in Canada, mm. uh, funneled through the Ontario Arts Council. We've produced 46 short films to date involving young women at risk. So we basically teach them how to operate a camera. They shoot a short film. We premiere it at the Female Eye Film Festival. So in October, we're going to Sault Ste. Marie to work with young Aboriginal women from four reserves who attend mm. a high school there, a vocational school, and we're going to shoot film. Definitely, stories that need to be told from that yeah, community. absolutely. And it's and the theme is to stop violence against Aboriginal women in Canada. So this project will be disseminated province wide across Ontario.
2: Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So how, where can people learn more about this? The festival
8: and our outreach through through the website really I think, think they, is the best way. Or they can okay. you know, I mean we're very friendly. They can always call our office. I <laughs> know, our office runs out of a, a cabin in the backyard. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, up in Woodbridge, Ontario. Actually. So it's femaleeyefilmfestival
8: <laughs> dot com. Yeah.
2: Well, Leslie Ann Coles, thank you so much for all you do, and congratulations on another year. And thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. This is what she said. Stay with us fashion is everything when it comes to hair so trust your hair to an artist Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision and the very latest hair care systems color and products to create looks that have heads turning your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own trust it to the experts start today, visit Kearns & Co. Com.
7: Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss. With added B vitamins for energy and leucine, Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition.
1: Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism.
2: Feeding the family got you frantic? Uh, feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is
3: your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my!
2: No. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk.
0: Back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio.
3: Well, Anne Brody always cares what picture you see, and Anne, you were meant to see Spider-Man: The Homecoming, but you got double booked, triple booked, as often happens. So you 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 sent us up,
0: my deputy,
3: Brittany. <laughs> Brittany Miller, are you gonna you're gonna give us our review of Spider Man: The Homecoming?
9: Well, I did see it and it was great. It's a great movie. Um, Tom Holland was really good. He's very young, he's a very new face, so I think he has some like growing to do. However, I was not happy because Robert Downey Jr. was barely in the movie and Zendaya was barely in the movie. They were in the trailer completely, but. That's disappointing. They were absent, but it was a good film. But it was a good film. Yeah, it was very good.
3: So, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, one being low and ten being high, Mm -hmm. I'd give it a seven. That's pretty good. That's probably more than you would have given it. (laughs) Yeah, a little more generous.
10: (laughs) Well, well, she's supposed to be. All right.
0: Thank
10: you, thank you, Brittany.
3: Thank you so
0: much. Yeah. So what about 13 Minutes? This is yet another true story from the Holocaust. And it's about a young man who was German, Aryan, whose family was suffering. They were kind of falling under under the Nazi whole uh, fog, shall we say. Um, but he was seeing what was going on and where it would lead. And so he decided to blow up Hitler during a speech in Munich. And he set a bomb, great personal risk. He built this bomb over months and months and um, Hitler left early, so he wound up killing a lot of local people. So. But it's a true story, and he was so brave, he denounced Hitler during his tortures, and he, he made his will known. It was kind of inspiring. And Oliver Hirschbegel, who made the film, he is a terrific filmmaker. Right. So, you know, this is worth seeing. It's, it's gloomy. It's not really a summer movie, as far as yeah. I can tell, but no. What so, about what, what about the journey with? Um, <laughs> uh, that's about Ian Paisley, right? Ian Paisley, and now I didn't know this fellow, oh, Martin McGuinness. Did you know him? Well, I didn't know him, but I grew up
3: because I was in England at the time. I grew up hearing everything because, I mean, Paisley was definitely a British loyalist, loyalist, but. Um, you know, it's, it's the IRA. It's the IRA. Yeah,
0: and this fellow who, with whom uh, Paisley had to speak and get to know they'd never spoken in 40 years of battling back and forth. They brought them together mm-hmm. at St. Andrew's Golf Course in Scotland, but they tricked them. They put them in a limo on the way to a, uh, an airplane um, just for an evening away, and they made them face one another as people. So the limo breaks down... So they go for a walk in the woods, and you see them move little by little from pure hatred and malice to, you know, some sort of acceptance. And of course, it's no spoiler because everybody knows this. It was signed; the peace Mm -hmm. agreement was signed in in Ireland. So it was. But the thing about this film—it's the performances. Um, these, Colm Meaney and Timothy Spall are two of the finest actors in Britain now. One is Irish, one's English. And to see them almost a two-hander is really a wonderful experience. They're such great actors. Although some people might think the movie's a little slow, but others who don't mind words will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get
2: your score, 1 to 10. Oh,
0: um 7. <laughs> oh, oh, seven me, lucky seven, <laughs>
2: my favorite number. <laughs> the postman's
0: white nights. Oh man, that's good. I don't think you'd like it, Christine. No, this is really a cinéast's film. the The filmmaker, it's a Russian film, and the filmmaker is eighty years old. And this is his latest film. It's a true story. It's a feature film, but he got all the the villagers to act their own roles. So they're following a script, but these are based on events that actually happened. This community is completely isolated from everywhere else because of a huge lake. Their only connection with the other world is through the postman and his boat. And uh, someone steals his motor. So... You know, life changes in that place. And not three miles away is a, is a nuclear, is a, sorry, space station. So you have this, this Neolithic lifestyle of these people living in timber houses with nothing against this space station. So it's a really interesting film. It's so detailed and so intimate. You feel as though you're there with them. Now,
3: Marion Cotillard is back in a uh, a romance, but you think it's a little repressive.
0: Well, the-, the time is repressive. Well, I mean, let's face it; she wants freedom, but she's also a little cuckoo. So, you know, it's a it's a very um, unsettling, sort of intense film, and you 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 don't want to keep watching it, but you must. You have to see what happens with her from the land of the moon. From the land of the moon. Sorry. Okay. Yes, and. Um, So she's sort of overtly sexual in her little village in rural France. Um, And her mother wants to get her married off really quickly because she's creating damage. So she marries a laborer and um, and then she uh, falls in love with... A dying man at a spa she goes to to be treated for kidney stones. Fun times. Wow. It is so heavy. (laughs) It's so heavy. But she's good. She's always good. But I just felt kind of upset when it was finished. Hmm. So? TCM? Yeah. Sunday? Who here watches TCM? Not me. All right. Year of Living Dangerously. I know the movie. Yeah, great film.
3: Great film. Really Mel good. Gibson, Sigourney Weaver, Linda Hunt. Linda what Hunt. an actress! Yeah. Her,
0: yeah, I think her first big role, certainly for, for mm-hmm. up here, this end of the hemisphere. All right, all right. I'll start watching if you say it's good. Uh, it's <laughs> relentlessly good, over and over and over again. Then our Miss Brooks, Eve Arden, so funny, and the stupid fun Palm Springs weekend. These are all on Sunday on TSM TCM.
6: <laughs> ah, thanks
0: so much Ann. you're welcome
6: welcome
2: Such a lovely place indeed, and we're we're always uh, delighted to be joined by lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, who shares what she is loving, and of course, we've already given it away—what she's loving, which is California.
10: Yes, California is Kidifornia because it's perfect <laughs> for I know. families. I know. It's great. We just came back from a week's vacation, and it was um, a little bit different because the boys, my two boys, ages seven and nine, actually got a huge say in how we planned
2: our itinerary. That was nice of you.
10: Yes. And you know what? It's funny because when people think about California, because it's on the other coast, they say, oh, you know, is it easy to get to? It is. There are several direct flights leaving from Toronto. It's only about a five-hour flight. And the great news is that because if everything's in proximity, so we actually flew into San Diego and we flew out of Los Angeles. We spent a Mm -hmm. week there. And I'm just here to give you a play-by-play. I know. A lot of our listeners like to do do do-it-yourself vacations, but we need a little bit of guidance. So I'm going to let you know exactly what we did for that week. So if you like what you hear, you can duplicate my itinerary. Okay, go for it. Great. So again, we flew in to San Diego Mm -hmm. and... Here's the thing: there is a time change, of course, when you're going to the West Coast, and especially when you're traveling with kids. I always say don't over schedule your first day, um, because you know it's you're dealing with early mornings, and then you know night comes really, really quickly. So for the first day. Um, Check into your resort. We actually stayed at the Catamaran Resort and Spa in Mission Beach. We loved it because even though it was in San Diego, it was on the beach. So it had that resort-type feel. We felt Mm -hmm. like we were on vacation versus staying directly in the city, which is also great for a different feel. Um, So check into your hotel. Perhaps go and explore Balboa Park. Or even if you wanted to take in some food and entertainment, you could also go to um, the Gaslamp Quarter at night. But really the first day is your travel day and, and take it easy. The second day we went to the San Diego Zoo. I was wondering when the zoo would yeah, was. Yeah, yes. <laughs> of course, it is a world-class zoo and now of course they also have the safari park. So if you're traveling with kids it's a must do. Both my boys loved the San Diego Zoo and I love that it's also a learning opportunity. So mm-hmm. it's not just you know having fun but connecting to animals and nature is, is great as well. So then the next day, so now we're already on day three, you're going to drive into Carlsbad. So that's just north of San Diego. And Legoland, California is in Carlsbad. And if you've got kids, specifically ages 2 to 12, they'll be in seventh heaven at Legoland. Wow! How, tell us about a little bit about Legoland. What, what's it look like? There, is, well, there's a lot of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, <laughs> is everything made out of Lego? Sort of. When you you know what? Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot made out of Lego. So, if we're talking about adults, they have the miniatures, of course. So they have like a Star Wars miniature village, and and you know places around the world. The kids can go on rides, and they also have a water park. So, in addition to going on Lego theme, Lego themed rides, and Playing with Lego, there's a water park as well. So that's great for a day in Carlsbad. Isn't Huntington Beach up there too? It's so close, and it is probably one of my favorite places in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So after Legoland, you're going to drive into Huntington Beach, and you can enjoy a family bike ride on the beach and even a bonfire after sunset. We stayed at the Hyatt Huntington Beach and it's just a perfect family-friendly resort. They know how to do it well. And it's, I haven't, Nothing but amazing things and um, th- things to say and amazing memories from the Hyatt Huntington Beach. The next day is kind of your down day because we've been doing a lot of you know um, we've been hitting parks and zoos. So you're going to spend the day in Huntington Beach. You can go for surf lessons in the morning, um, rent a Duffy boat and explore Huntington What's a Harbor. Duffy boat? A Duffy boat are those boats that you actually drive yourself. It they are covered and they're electric. So you don't really need to have, um, I say this as I was you know, telling my husband, you don't need to know how to drive a boat <laughs> at all. You'll be fine. But they are very, very user friendly. And okay. we explored Huntington Harbor and it was great. And then of course, staying at the height Huntington Beach has the benefit of being um, adjacent to Sliders Water Park. So that water playground is great because for the adults we have cabanas and food and the kids have water slides. So um, again, that's Sliders Water Playground at the Hyatt Huntington Beach. At night, you can go into Ola Mexican Kitchen for a great dinner and The next day, you're on to Disneyland. Of course, you're on to Disneyland when you're in California. Um, It's only about 30 to 40 minutes from Huntington Beach. So we're perfectly, you know, we're keeping the road trip intact. You're going to spend all day at Disneyland. And of course, they have the Summer of Heroes with Marvel character experiences and the new Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride, which is phenomenal. Like everyone in my family just loved it. So that's your day at Disneyland going to drive into Santa Monica that night, and this is for the parents. You're going to splurge. You're going to stay at the Fairmont Miramar Hotel and Bungalows, which is just going to give you that authentic spa feel experience. Time I'm down, to unwind. I'm down. i I don't need to convince you, Kate. No, Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's just great. And then the next day, explore Santa Monica. Of course, we've got the Santa Monica Pier, and it's so close to Downtown Los Angeles and Hollywood you can take a Starline double-decker tour bus which is of course mm-hmm. the famous tours and you know even explore Beverly Hills I say hide your credit card but have fun. And then day 7 the next day we're going to go behind the scenes at Universal Studios Hollywood great for adventure thrill rides um you know a fun filled day for everyone and that's it day 8 is the day to travel home so all good things must come to an end but you're going to fly out of LAX and you've just spent An amazing, kid-friendly vacation in California. (sighs) Yeah, I'm definitely going. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Thanks, Lena. Thank you.
3: This is what she said. We'll be right back.
1: Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism
3: what she said is more than women positive news first it's a radio show on the jewel network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35 plus but what she said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers the ideal target market for your brand what she said features companies and trendsetters those on the leading edge of fashion business lifestyle entertainment travel technology and finance Get your
2: brand on What She Said and get results. Go to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own trust it to the experts start today visit KernsAndCo.com.
0: you're listening to what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler
10: women positive news you can use
0: on jewel radio
2: A year ago, June 1st, 2016, to be precise, there were some pretty major changes made to automobile insurance coverage. Uh, joining us now from McLeish, Orlando, is personal injury lawyer Allison Burson, and you were here to tell us all about it at the time. Welcome. I was. Thank you for having me back. So let's recap again for our listeners. What were the major changes that came about from Bill 15, fighting fraud and reducing automobile insurance rates?
11: Without a doubt, the major changes uh, that came about from that bill were the significant reduction in benefits that were available to those that are seriously injured in car accidents. And when I talk about seriously injured, or I use the word catastrophically injured, I'm talking about people that suffer brain injuries, severe brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, amputations as a result of the accident that affect every aspect of their daily life. And the statistics on that really are only about 1% of Ontarians that are involved in auto accidents are really in what we call that catastrophic category. So what happened last year was the government reduced the benefits available to those people from $2 million to $1 million to rehab themselves and to get the attending care they need. And they also made it much more difficult for people to get into that what we call catastrophic category to be able to access those benefits for themselves.
2: Yeah, I understand they changed the definition yes. of injuries that qualify for the highest level of benefits.
11: They did. And the um, the victims that were affected the most are those that have severe traumatic brain injuries. Um, generally speaking, they use what's called the GCS or the Glasgow Coma Scale to determine whether or not someone would be deemed catastrophically impaired, and they've taken that away. Um, And so someone that could be in a coma for an entire month, and that is absolute evidence from a trauma perspective and a medical perspective, they've suffered a severe brain injury. No longer is that the test for them to access those um, million dollars in benefits.
3: So What was the purpose of of this change in legislation?
11: Well, it's interesting. The the name of the bill was Fighting Fraud and Trying to Reduce Auto Insurance um, Premiums to Ontarians. And so the focus of that bill was to say, if we reduce the amount available um, to these 1% of claimants, then we're going to reach our overall goal, which is trying to reduce auto rates for Ontarians. And a year later, we know the statistics, that hasn't happened at all. The rates are not any lower? They're not any lower. In fact, uh, an article just came out a couple months ago that said the rates have increased for auto insurance in Ontario. They are still the highest across the country. And in Ontario, on average, people are paying $1,500 a year versus the average, sorry, so that's in Ontario. So the average what people pay across Canada is about $930. So it's 55% higher still in Ontario a year later, yet the amount of benefits available to those people are cut in half.
2: And also the the, the whole myth about reducing fraud. You don't go into a coma to reduce fraud. I mean, Fraud is when people claim that they had their car stolen and they had somebody steal it for them or it's not this kind of thing, is it? Absolutely not. And that was what we advocated at the outset when we heard about these
11: changes is, yes, there is potential fraud, but those are people that perhaps are alleging to be in an auto accident. These are not the people that are in comas for 30 days at trauma hospitals that need these benefits, especially in the first two years, to try and rehabilitate themselves so they get back to work and they're not dependent on the social system. So they're using their auto insurance benefits to have themselves, not OHIP benefits. It is such an economic advantage to have these benefits available to those people. It is not these people that are creating fraud within the system. Well, there's
3: one story, one crash that happened that really summed this up, and that was what happened to Adam Barry. Absolutely. Right? So uh, just to, if you don't know the story, the auto insurance rule change took effect uh Twelve hours after this man's accident, he was in a coma for a month after a motorcycle crash. He suffered major injuries, including brain trauma, multiple broken bones in his arm, leg and hand, as well as internal organ damage. Um, If the crash had happened 12 hours earlier, he'd be been eligible for what? Up to about $2 million, right? That's correct. In compensation. Instead, he received $86,000. Total. He was mistakenly pronounced dead. I mean, there's uh, there was no way that this man wasn't critically injured.
11: Absolutely. And the rehab that this man needed... Um Far exceeded eighty-six thousand dollars, and he was married. He had um, twins. He could no longer return to work because his wife became the main caregiver. She couldn't return to full-time work. She was down to working once a day, uh, once a week, um, and so eighty-six thousand dollars is what he had to try and rehab himself. The only thing that was saving this family from claiming bankruptcy was they had bought mortgage insurance. But the ironic thing is they had bought auto insurance. They had bought auto insurance for this exact situation that if he was in the 1%, it was there to help give him the income, for them to hire an attendant so that his wife could continue to work, and for him to have the rehab benefits because he wants to get back to work. He wants to continue to provide for his family, and that's good for his family, and that's good for Ontario, and that's good for the economy. But yes, he went down to $86,000 because his accident happened 12 hours after these changes.
2: Is there any recourse for people? Because this seems so unfair. Well, for people
11: individually, like I emphasized last year, is absolutely you can buy up on these benefits and get them back to where they would have been before the June 1st changes. So you can, and I do, make sure that I talk to my insurance broker about how much do I have in medical rehabilitation benefits if I'm seriously injured or in attending care benefits or even income replacement benefits. If you don't have an LTD policy, you can buy up higher for your income replacement benefits. But there is significant lobbying now being done there's greater awareness that a year after these accidents, that treatment and getting treatment to people with these severe injuries is the most important, not cutting benefits. And perhaps the way that this was gone about a year ago isn't the way to, number one, reduce Ontario insurance rates, but also help the people that need it the most. And I'm really interested to see if they actually appoint someone that has an arm's length relationship from the Insurance Bureau of Canada to start advising the government of how do we get these insurance rates down for Ontario? We need them down without hurting the people that need the benefits the most.
3: Well, how are injured claimants doing overall? Do we know? Do we have any idea?
11: In terms of this 1%, we represent a lot of clients that are catastrophically injured, Adam's story is so familiar. And they are at the point that they are living off of so little money. And mentally, they're suffering tremendously because they're not able to rehab themselves and they don't have any access to funds to do that. And so I think if we look at it long term, we're going to see an actual decline in how these people are recovering and returning back to work. But I think that's something long term that we're going to have to look at to see that. In terms of right now, all we know is that people are continuing to get injured in accidents. The benefits aren't there to cover them. Insurance companies are not giving advancements on lawsuits. And now we know two months before, uh, uh, or two months ago when they let us know in terms of insurance rates that they're continuing to rise. So overall, the system continues to be broken.
2: Well, if the if the system is broken and something happens like an Adam Berry story, are, are personal injury lawyers able to to fight the the insurance companies on some of that?
11: Not on the accident benefits and that's what we've been talking about these benefits that are entitled to right away. We can't the legislation is very clear this is all you are getting and we know from a medical perspective that the maximum amount of recovery and the best time for recovery is done in the first right. 2 years. So what we've even tried as personal injury lawyers, if we're suing, say, the driver in the case of Adam Barry that was charged with careless driving was at fault for this accident, approaching his lawyer and say, yes, we have a lawsuit, and that might not conclude for another three to four years, will you give an advancement? Every single time I've asked for an advancement from an insurance company in the past year, the answer's been no, or they've gone silent. They're not required to, and they're not giving the advance funds for these people to recover. So yes, we can advocate for them, but we don't have any teeth in a law to turn around and say, you should give this advancement because your client is at fault for this accident. So in both cases, as much as personal injuries have the power to sue, and we will sue, and we will get recoveries for you, um, we need more more laws to help these people in those first two years get access to those funds.
3: So bottom line, what is it that you suggest our our listeners do to check their insurance policy?
11: Absolutely the same thing as last year. You need when you're at, now the awareness is out there, I believe, more than it was when the changes first came about. Um, So I would say the listeners, when you're looking at renewal of your insurance, ask your insurance broker, how much is it that for me, if I can buy up on some of these benefits here's what I have at work so I don't need this aspect of disability but here's what I don't have and you can even buy up on individual categories it doesn't have to be all of the same categories and you'd be very very surprised how minimal it costs for you to buy up
2: Allison, where can our listeners connect with you if they need some help
11: absolutely um the web is probably the best at MacLeishOrlando.com. And I'm my link there under Alison Burson, you can send an email or call um, and inquire whatever you can about um, the situation you're going through and we'll get back to you. We give free consultations as well to clients.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me.
7: This is what she said. Stay with us. Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss. With added B vitamins for energy and leucine, Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSS radio at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit myboomernutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition.
1: Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. <laughs>
2: Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of
6: Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's that's it. And you that, do it that's very all well. I Do, do, I can't it, again. do, do any it again. Tangled up in blue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what That Eric Alper Knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk.
0: And now, Now. more women positive news you can use.
2: This is
1: What
0: She Said. What She Said Said with Christine Bentley and
1: Kate Wheeler
9: on Jewel Radio.
2: Toronto's Harbourfront Centre is celebrating Canada's cultural heritage this summer with sounds of home that features talent from coast to coast to coast in four weekend festivals and they're free by the way. Joining us now is Chief Programming Officer Iris Nimani and Associate Programmer Stephen Tates. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having us. Thank Tell you. us about the vision behind all of this Iris. It's pretty cool.
9: It's, you know, we looked at what 2017 would look like for the summer. Harbourfront Centre programs festivals all summer long mm-hmm. every year. And this summer, we really wanted to look at what is the contemporary sound of Canada. And to look at that what that contemporary sound is, we I charged all the programmers with all the artists needed to be Canadian and or reside in Canada. And what is that contemporary sound? So they went, starting with our home on native land, which was our July 1st weekend that just passed, looking at it from an Indigenous perspective. Mm -hmm. And then we went from coast to coast to coast. So this coming weekend is Prairies to Pacific. And that's what Stephen's been programming.
3: Saturday night has already passed. So it's Sunday. What's coming up uh, tomorrow? Uh,
4: We'll have The Fretless, who recently won a Juno this year, uh, joining us uh, Sunday afternoon. And also Dion Taylor, who's a Juno-nominated blues artist from Saskatchewan. Well,
3: that sounds cool. And then, so Steve, if, You can't make it tomorrow. There's Shield to shore and Northern Passages still coming up. When are they?
4: Uh, so starting the following weekend, uh, July 14 to 16, we'll have Shield to Shore, and that celebrates all of the eastern provinces of, of Canada.
3: And fiddlers coming in. You got it. <laughs>
4: fiddlers all weekend. Uh, and Northern Passages is happening July 21 to 23. And we'll have many artists from across the north, um, folk roots artists, storytellers, uh, and lots of throat singers
2: And it seems some lucky via rail passengers are in for a real treat. Tell us about Sound Journeys.
9: Sound Journeys is a really special project that we came together with the British Council in this idea of bringing a UK artist and a Canadian artist, songwriters, of different uh, musical genres and disciplines that they practice and brought them together with a visual artist and we put them on a train. So there are three train journeys, one going east, one going west and one going north and On that journey, they are creating music inspired by what they see and that journey along the way. So this past weekend, we had some uh, Nick, not not Nick Sherman, it was Sarati and David Morin who uh, performed the music that they created. We're having another. um, Do you want to speak to this weekend?
4: Sure. Yeah. Coming up uh, during the Shield to Shore Festival, uh, Flavia Nascimento. And Luke Jackson will be uh, celebrating the music that they've created on their Via Rail trip. And they've been traveling from Halifax and coming into town for the weekend.
3: As a programmer, how how hard is it to find artists? I mean, we know we have a music segment every show Mm -hmm. because we love promoting Canadian artists. Um, But how do you how do you find them? How do you how are you finding the people that are going to be thrilling us?
4: So uh, we're really lucky to actually have so many talented people in Canada, so many artists Mm -hmm. that offer so many different perspectives and voices. uh, And luckily, we, uh, you know, we can go see them in concert when they're coming through town before the dates, or um, we also have a, a great network of people who can recommend artists as well. And, and it's it's really such a, a wealth of uh, talent in the country that we can help celebrate.
9: It sounds harder than to pare them down. Mm, exactly. exactly. True. Yeah. <laughs> and we're really looking to, uh, when we program, a balance of both emerging and established artists coming together uh, on our stages. It's always lovely to have the opportunity because uh, our audience come into Harborfront Centre and often it's free mm-hmm. so they can come and experience new artists. So it's really an opportunity to give artists artists the opportunity to perform to new audiences. Hopefully they get to hear a new sound of what's happening, you know, discover another artist that they may not have known. So it's really exciting to be able to do that. And it's also, we look, when we program, it's important for us to have uh, an equal representation of women on the stages as well as men, Indigenous artists, as well as Francophone artists, really to try to have a mix. Harborfront Centre has always been a home for world music or global music, mm-hmm. depending on what the new term that we think about, music from around the world. And Canada is a, a country of so many diverse communities. And as as we come to Canada and they bring informed by their own traditions and what is the new sound. So that's what we're trying to showcase across the month of July.
2: Well, I think Harbourfront is very unique anyway. You have the weekly free flicks outdoor film series. You have dancing on the pier. I mean...
9: We say weekends start Wednesdays at Harbourfront Centre actually. <laughs> it's true.
2: It's yeah, true. Come to see a
9: film on Wednesday night, dance on Thursday night and then see a festival on the weekend.
3: That is awesome. Alice and Steve, thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll have to get Get Christine out to dancing on the pier.
9: Yes,
2: <laughs> she can't sing, so she may as well try <laughs> dancing.
3: <laughs> well, you are welcome anytime. Thank you. And that is what she said for tonight. Please follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
6: Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.